I am in the mood for some night food. It's nighttime snacking with better sleep in mind. And the founder and CEO, Sean Folkson, is here. The Dos Marcos Show begins right now. Listen to this information we got from Genesis Credit. According to Experian, 40% of Americans have a FICO score below 700. That means four of every 10 sales are potentially lost because a customer won't qualify for enough credit or at all through traditional financing. Fact is, customers deserve a second chance at affordable financing, and no one believes that more than Genesis Credit. As the industry's premier second-look financing solution for over 20 years, Genesis provides high revolving credit lines for customers with FICO credit scores above 550. And Genesis wants retailers to know that, hey, if you're seeing lower credit lines and fewer credit approvals from your first finance option, let Genesis Credit take a second look. Find the right fit for your customers' financial needs at genesis-fs.com forward slash the fam. Be honest, how much do you spend each year on product photography? Aperture's the answer, Kinsley. Products and more products and vignettes and tens of thousands of dollars in reshoots. I mean, <laughs> the reshoots. And then it doesn't look consistent. Aperture is the answer. Look, the world's changed a lot. And one of the good changes is the tech driving Aperture. Aperture is the answer. All right, Quinn, you don't have to say Aperture is the answer anymore. So why don't you go and tell them why? Because it's the only tech company that William Sonoma ever bought. And for good reason, Kinsley. They had the same problems with product photography, and now they don't. And now you won't. Let's say you need a mattress photo. Boom. Place that beautiful bed inside Aperture's nifty 20 by 20 beauty box. Press a button. And the Aperture machine does all of the rest, all the lighting and cropping and shadows, all of it. And better yet, once you need a different background or different lighting, no reshoots. Your visual factory in a box does all the work. And you know what? You save some money, you save some time, and you create product photography that can move at the speed of your ideas. Start today at OutwardInc.com and tell them those Marcos sent you. Because why? Aperture's, Aperture's the, answer. the answer. Welcome to the Dos Marco Show with Mark Kinsley and Mark Quinn, where mattress and furniture leaders gather to grow, get the inside scoop, tell stories, and take tequila shots. The galaxy's greatest mattress podcast has liftoff in When you've got a World Series smile on your face. I've got a huge World Series smile on my face. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I was in uh, Houston for uh, the final game of the World Series, and it was really cool, Kinsley, because my dad is a big Astros fan. We have a lot of family that are Cardinals fans and give us crap all, <clears throat> all the time for different reasons. And so, anyway, when I found out that the Astros were going to be in, uh, you know, back back here playing potentially to win it all. Um, I got tickets and took my dad. It was so cool to, to be there with him. And I sent you the video of his face when we won that game. It was magical. I'm, it's like this memory I'm always going to have of the joy he had because he watches all the games. But anyway, so it was really cool from that perspective. But I, I have to tell you, man, before the game, I found out that Mattress Mac, Jim McInvale, who was kind enough to write a blurb for us in our book, um, so he was going to throw out the first pitch. Now, if you're listening to the show and you didn't catch it, but when McInville was in Philadelphia, 
he got into a yelling match with some Philly fans because they were attacking Astro's character because of the cheating scandal years ago. And so Jim says, hey, look, man, in in a interview after that, he's like dropping the F-bomb, F does, F you, F you, you know, don't come at my Astros. And he said, look, I'm cool if you're going to like attack the Astros and go, oh, we're going to beat you and, you know, we're going to take you down. Like that kind of banter is fine. But when you start questioning the character of my guys, and of course he knows these people very personally, he's like, then it's on and I have to defend my guys. So anyway, that's the context. So now Jim walks out onto the field to throw the first pitch. Now, and when he walks out onto that field, there's over 42,000 people in that stadium. And I'm telling you, the decibel level rose like four or five points. And people came alive when he walked out there. And he threw that first pitch. And that in this city absolutely loves that guy. And then I thought, you know, what do you have to do? As a furniture hawker, as he calls himself a huckster, right? So a furniture salesman, essentially, to walk out into a stadium, number one, to be asked to throw out the first pitch, and then at the World Series, and then number two, to walk out to a standing ovation by 42,000 people. Like, like that is such an insurmountable task. But here's this guy who did it, and it just blew me away. And so all I'm saying is, what business are you in as you listen to the show Whatever you think about Jim, when he walked out to that kind of ovation, I'm like, that guy has done something incredibly smart and special in this town. And what great evidence of it was in that moment in time. So I had to share that story. Being in that building was crazy when he walked out there. And I recorded it. So there you go. Mark Quinn, play-by-play from the World Series. How cool is that, man? And Jim is just such a, an icon in this industry. He's the second most known person in Houston, Texas, right behind George Bush. Uh, but I would say, I wonder if that's starting to trade places. I wonder if Mattress Mac is now the most well-known person, especially when you're willing to throw hands against the Phillies fans. Man, I'm telling you, when that, when that video went viral, he was like, F-U-F-U, like really defending Houston. So I think when he got back here, Houston was like, yeah, Jim's got our back. He was in Philly representing. Now, Jim also just won 75 million dollars doing that so anyway but way more importantly like i'm going to tell you kenzie why we were there uh we were in a suite and they had hot dogs and hamburgers and fajitas and ice cream and the bad kind of ice cream not the kind of ice cream our guest has but i got done eating so much crappy food sean when i went home i had a bellyache i felt like i was six years old again and my 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 dad forgot to tell me don't eat that chili with that ice cream it's not going to work for you and of course i got a really crappy night of sleep so thank god in heaven you are here <laughs> we're here we're here to save save the world well sean sean folks and you're the ceo and founder of night food and our good friend friend of the show friend of the industry uh, ultimate connector Todd Weinstein got us hooked up and he said, number one, you got to know about night food. You got to know Sean. He crushes it on QVC, I think was something he said. But you got to tell us, like, tell us about you and tell us what is night, night food because you said it's formulated by sleep and nutrition experts, a delicious treat that's not going to kill your diet and wreck your sleep like what happened to Quinn. Give us, give us the backstory of this and tell us about you. Well, I mean, I'm a longtime nighttime snacker, and 
you know, I knew it was a problem for me. I, I would try to make healthy choices all day. And um, it was always a lot easier to make good decisions at, you know, 9 or 10 a.m. than it was at 9 or 10 p.m. And uh, I realized that that wasn't just me. Now, when I started the company, I didn't have all the statistics and all the research and all the experts that I could just speed dial. Right. It was just a guy. It was just me. Um, but what we now know is that humans are actually wired at night to crave excess calories, to put more energy inside of our bodies as a survival mechanism, just like, you know, bears before they hibernate for winter, you know, they pack on all this weight and it helps them survive uh, through through that period. So it's a survival mechanism. So the, the snacking is not going to go away. Right. Over 80 percent of us snack regularly at night. The most popular choices are exactly what you would expect. Cookies, chips, uh, candy and ice cream. Okay, because they're loaded with sugar, they're loaded with fat, they're loaded with calories. You can't, if you're eating carrot sticks or celery sticks, you're not going to put those calories into your body that you're kind of wired to do. So those things are not efficient enough. The most efficient way to put calories in is through these, these super high calorie junk snacks. So knowing that the snacking is not going to stop, what we did is we took the approach of if we were to talk to a sleep expert, a sleep doctor, or hundreds of them and say, look, you know your patients are going to be snacking at night. They're going to have ice cream. Millions of people every night across the United States have ice cream between dinner and bed. What should it have more of? What should it have less of? Okay. And then the same question with cookies, the same question now as we're you know starting to develop chips. It's, it's the concept of sleep friendly is what we call it. Uh, we're building this new category nighttime snacking because people people know intuitively that they shouldn't be eating this stuff but we're we're this is how we're wired cravings are up at night willpower is down and people feel bad about it they're they're exhibiting the behavior they feel guilty and it's not something that happens just once or twice a week it might happen once or twice a week or three or four or five or six times a week but it goes on for decades on end it's not a finite process. It's something people wrestle with for their whole adult lives. So we think it's something really powerful where we can help people if they're going to be snacking at night, which we know many of them are, to just do it in a more sleep-friendly way. Sean, this is such a big topic, especially right now, because I talk to many of my friends in this industry that are focused on sleep. And the conversation around nutrition in relation to sleep has bubbled up as a prominent point of conversation lately. And one of the things we've talked a lot about behind the scenes uh, is sugar. You know, sugar and sugar being an empty calorie, sugar uh, being something that ignites your system and actually prevents really good sleep. So take us into the formulation of night food. What research went into it? the sleep doctors you worked with, the nutrition experts you worked with, and what actually makes something sleep friendly? Yeah, so you touched on one one big thing is, is sugar, right? You want something that's much lower glycemic uh, before bed. And, and, and it's kind of insidious for people. So um, I think people, the feedback loop is very imperfect, okay? A feedback loop, let's say with caffeine, is, is probably a little bit more precise. You have too much caffeine late in the day, you cannot fall asleep, and you connect those two things right away uh, because th they, they, they offer that connection up. But a lot of times at night when you have these high sugar, high fat snacks, 
you actually do not have a problem falling asleep. There's everybody knows the concept of food coma. We're coming up on Thanksgiving. Um, you know, it's a real thing. Um, so what, but what happens is your sleep quality can be very much impaired. All right. So, but because you fall asleep, okay, people don't connect. Oh, I really shouldn't have the ice cream at night because it keeps me up. That's a much more precise and impactful feedback loop than, oh, I had ice cream. I fell asleep just fine. I was in bed for, you know, seven or eight hours, but I wake up feeling, you know, I, I, but I don't have any energy. So I go out and I grab a five hour energy or a cup of Starbucks, right? And people don't make that connection. They just assume that that's how it's supposed to be. So um, sugar is, is a big uh, problem because, you know, people talk about, oh, if I have sugar, I'll be jacked up. Well, yeah, that lasts for about a half hour to 45 minutes. And then you get that insulin crash and you feel drowsy. So people don't get um, that feedback and they, they are able to fall asleep. But, you know, sugar, uh, fat, calories, anything that really taxes the body's digestive system and um, forces the body to allocate resources away from the recovery uh, and rejuvenation that's supposed to happen. And there's a lot of things that can help you fall asleep uh, that will impair sleep quality. Eating the wrong thing is one of them. Having too much alcohol at night, I think everybody's familiar with that. Um, you know, nobody confuses the fact that you fall asleep easily after you have a few drinks with good quality sleep. Um, and I would imagine getting hit on the head with a frying pan is another example. You fall asleep, right? But you feel like garbage when you wake up. So I think nutrition, yeah, it's it's definitely starting to become a topic. A lot of the big food and beverage companies are starting to talk about it. And honestly, there's more that we're going to learn uh, over the you know coming years about specific nutrients, specific ingredients. Uh, for us, we stay focused on the big picture macro stuff. Uh, typically, night food snacks are going to be less sugar, less fat, fewer calories, more protein, definitely more prebiotic fiber. That's a big one. Um, and then we identify ingredients and nutrients uh, that can work in a specific format. So for instance, uh, talk about Thanksgiving. Uh, our ice cream has about twice as much tryptophan as a pint of regular ice cream. Um, we wouldn't try to go for high tryptophan in something like chips. It wouldn't necessarily make sense. So for each format, we identify what can we do that would make that more sleep friendly um, as opposed to feeling like we've got this ingredient or, or this combo of ingredients that we try to force into every snack that we make. Because ultimately, at the end of the day, literally and figuratively, if what you're eating is not delicious, you're not going to stick with it. And what's the point? I Sean, I, I am so fascinated by this. Uh, Kinsley, you and I talk a lot about, um, you know, education being such an important part of what this industry has to do. So it's the education around products can help deliver good sleep, can help you live a better quality of life. Like a lot of people don't connect the dots, Sean. And I think about what you're doing and I'm like, oh my gosh, like talk about education, right? Like this topic would require so much education because I, I'm guessing, and I want you to talk to us about this, but like when you, when you talk to people that like hotels or <clears throat> when you tell people the business you're in and you go, it, it's really about sleep food or food that's like, do people just look at you like, like, what does that even mean? And like, do you, do you feel like there's just this massive rock you have to move and just helping people understand that diet can make a huge impact on 
the quality of sleep, not getting to sleep, right? But the quality of yeah. sleep and then how you feel the next day, is that like a, a, a huge piece of the of the puzzle for you? I, I think a big part of the, the um, I won't say misunderstanding, but the misconception, the initial misconception is when people hear about what we're doing, they assume it's got ingredients to knock you out and it's about getting to sleep. The, the nuance of sleep quality, I feel, is the toughest nuance for people to get. I think a lot of people feel you're either like a computer, you're awake or you're asleep. Um, but that's, you know, we know that that's not the case. So sleep quality is what's really important. And, but I do want to stress to you guys. So we're not in the sleep business. I shouldn't say, we're not trying to solve the sleep problem. We're trying to solve the nighttime snacking problem. And the main problem with nighttime snacking, there's two, one is that it's generally unhealthy. The other one is that it's generally sleep disruptive. Okay. Now there's a lot of companies out there, a lot of snack companies that have come out with healthier versions, you know, better for you snacks. And they've stolen billions of dollars in market share from the legacy brands. But our question is, if you're going to be snacking at night, how can something you eat really be better for you if it wasn't also formulated with better sleep in mind? So that's, you know, while we're solving the sna nighttime snacking problem, what makes us unique is that we are addressing it from a perspective of, better sleep quality. And in terms of the education, it is a very heavy lift. And that's why we're focusing our attention on hotel distribution, where uh, what we've found early on now in our hotel rollout is that when people see these snacks, night food snacks, it says sleep friendly right on the package. Um, when they see that in the hotel, it makes sense. There's context and it reinforces to that guest that what you eat before bed must be important or else the hotel wouldn't have these snacks in there. And so our goal is to be in tens of thousands of hotels. People will see us everywhere. And while, while it may not be a full education, it will be an awareness, um, you know, on our cookies, for instance, I don't know if you guys can show a picture, but you know, it says what you eat before bed matters in big, bold letters. And that's the message as people accept that truth then the whole category comes to life. They don't need to necessarily understand all the nuance of it, it, but it is important, you know, what you eat before bed matters. Talking with Sean Folkson, Sean, you are the CEO and founder of Night Food. And I looked at your LinkedIn and have you been at this for 12 years? Yes. Okay, so now you're in hundreds of stores. I noticed you have a very strong presence in the Pacific Northwest, in the Chicagoland area, you're in a couple of hundred hotels. What's this journey been like just from a, being an entrepreneur? Were there certain inflection points along the way? Yeah, I mean, uh, certainly. So um, I think a lot of people would have given up. Uh, what we're trying to do is, is not easy, it's hard. We're trying to create a category um, and you know, consumers think in categories, but to a consumer, a category is really a, another word for problem. So, you know, the, the thing that's always kept me going is that the problem that we are working to solve is one that is massive. It's shared by a lot of people. They feel it. They feel it emotionally. And there has to be a solution for it. This is not a habit, this nighttime snacking. It's not a, it's not a fad, right? It's hardwired biologically, and 
Americans combined to spend well over a billion dollars a week on snacks consumed between dinner and bed. We know what the most popular choices are. We know what they're doing to people's sleep. So the idea of giving up when things got tough a few times, uh, you know, I guess it crosses your mind, but the the reality of it is this category is inevitable, in my opinion, 100% inevitable. And I'm either going to be the guy who sees it through or, you know, we give up and then somebody else comes along and turns this into a billion dollar category. So uh, it's been a very long journey. We've made some mistakes. Um, you know, we've learned a lot along the way. Um, you know, when we started, we didn't have all the stats. I can throw out all the statistics and everybody can believe, wow, yes, that does seem to be inevitable. At the time, when I started this, I never would have believed how significant the statistics were in our favor. I never would have, I never had the uh, understanding of the science behind the cravings. Um, so while it's been a long time and we're still not there yet, um, the odds of me giving up over time have actually decreased. Um, we're just going to keep going until we solve it. Uh, I think the hotels, this is the turning point. This year is when we got into our first hotel chain earlier this year. And that is the turning point. The whole hotel industry is going to have to come on board. You guys remember, or uh, I'm sure you know about the hotel betting wars, right? One chain, uh, you know, uh, the heavenly bed, um, you know, uh, they, they put it in. And within a couple of years, every chain in the industry was spending hundreds of millions, billions across the, you know, at the flag level on, on their, their mattresses, their sheets, their pillows. And it was all to keep up. Now that we're in our first hotel chain, listen, you go into the average hotel lobby shop and you're going to see Twizzlers and Cheetos and Klondike bars and, uh, you know, Nutter Butter cookies. And that's fine. They can keep selling that stuff. But in my opinion, they can't keep selling that stuff without also offering sleep friendly options for their guests. Sure. They're in the <clears throat> sleep business. They can't just keep going business as usual. So my opinion, first the hotel industry starts to shift. We're already out selling brands like Haagen-Dazs and Ben and & Jerry's and lots of the properties that we're in. The hotel industry shifts. We start rolling into more and more hotel chains. From there, we can roll into mainstream supermarkets. And I wanted to do hotels when we first started. I remember walking around Manhattan with a backpack full of nutrition bars, which is what we first launched. The lobby shops were not evolved yet. Um, if you think back 10 years ago, it was just vending machines, um, you know, maybe a couple of snacks out. Now it's like a mini convenience store in a lot of these hotels. So the vehicle is there for us. And, um, you know, I'm just, I'm just more excited than I was the first day I started the company. Well, Sean, you've been in the, you've been at it for a while, but honestly, think about your journey, <clears throat> all the, you know, the good entrepreneurial podcasts, the show, uh, how I built this consistency over time is always a big one. Right. Yep. And so did you ever imagine that you would be so successful that you are on the galaxy's greatest mattress podcast? I mean, just use that as some measure of like your efforts and like where it landed you. Right. Yeah. It's going to be hard not to get complacent at this point, you know, after today. <laughs> stop, um, stop, stop. But, okay. But, so they're just like so the Astros. Having... They, they just want to repeat, you know? Yeah, right. No doubt. No, we're glad you're here. But Kinsley, you know, this reminds me of so much, Sean. I love your spirit, man. And I love that you're in there fighting. And for what it's worth, I think you're right. I mean, like it, it, this was one of those moments, Kinsley, where I'm listening to Sean talk and I'm like, holy shit, like he's right. You know, like 
food in hotels and I'm constantly, I'm the guy, Sean, I'll go to dinner and have a great, like, you know, steak dinner at some place. And I'll go to my hotel and I'll go to that little cafe. And what do I do? I go for a Reese's cup or something yep. like just, to, you know, I just had dinner. It's like the dumbest thing ever. And if your product was there and I could pick it, I would definitely pick it. But Kinsley, here's the thing. You and I love the book, 22, 22 Immutable Laws of Marketing, right? It's timeless. It was written a long time ago. Sean, I don't know if you've read, you've read that book recent yet. Trout. But one of, what's that? Uh, recent Trout, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And the the one of the one of the rules in there is if if your category doesn't exist, build your own. Kinsley yeah. and I did it in the mattress category with the hybrid mattress category, and you did it in food with night food. I mean, it just it's remarkable. I think you're on to something, no question about it. And uh, it gets me fired up because Mark and I talked about the ecosystem of sleep. It's not just about a mattress and a bed and the pillow and all that. It is about stress and your heart and your mind and food and smells and light and temperature. And like, so this is just fits absolutely perfect. Don't you think, Kinsley, if you go back to the immutable laws, he's like, he's blazing his own trail and that's what you got to do. Yeah, you got to find a category where you can be the world's first or, or the only one. And you've definitely uh, you know, planted that seed to, to be the, the first. I mean, when Todd got us connected, I'd never heard of sleep friendly food except foods like you described that might be meant to knock you out or drinks meant to knock you out. And of course we don't subscribe to that. You know, we want healthy options that actually encourage good sleep, you know, not something that's going to put you under because we know that uh, anything that kind of knocks you out tends to prevent deep restorative REM rest. I want to go back to something that you talked about in the hotel space, Sean, and that was uh, around this idea of, getting into the, into these hotel lobbies that are more developed like small stores now. I, I, I conducted this research project uh, around boutique hotels, and I've talked about this on the past show, but it's really fascinating to me that what drives people into the boutique hotel space is not surprising. You know, they want a more fun and unique, a better location, more lux luxurious. But once they're on property, out of 20 different options, the number one thing they said was most important for them was the comfort of a mattress. And number two out of 20 options was getting a good night's yeah. sleep. So I think, you know, positioning your product as a complement to what people most value is going to pay dividends. Because even if, as I'm looking at this list of 20 different items, you know, you're getting down to, you know, the coffee maker is down toward the bottom. The quality and availability of a coffee shop is down near the bottom. Um, you know, what, what matters is that good night's sleep. So t attaching food to that, I think, is a no-brainer. Yeah, it, you know, and it's funny because I think um, the uh, – I don't know if as much in the boutique space, but I know that in kind of in the mainstream space, I feel like they've kind of lost their way. You know, um, even even when I speak to local hotel operators, um, you know, I stop in and they're just like, well, we just put in whatever sells, you know, whatever sells the most, um, like without a thought of, you know, the, the hotels have invested billions in the mattresses and the pillows and the blackout curtains and the white noise machines because they know sleep is important. They all talk about it. They all talk about sleep is important. We'll do everything for our guests to sleep. And then you go into that lobby shop and not only 
are, are there typically no healthy options? Well, if there are anything that's even supposed to be healthy, it's typically an energy bar, right? Like a cliff bar, which is, you know, their tagline is nutrition for sustained energy. So why is a hotel making that the only option? They know guests are in there eating the stuff at night. Um, you know, it, it's amazing that, you know, it's kind of a forgotten frontier, a forgotten touch point uh, for the hotel. It's a missed opportunity because they talk about sleep and they have made serious investments in sleep. They know how important it is. It's not just you and, and me and now the people that heard it on the podcast. They know how important it is. And yet when it comes to nutrition, they've just missed it and it doesn't make anybody bad, but they now have the opportunity to fix it. So let's do it. Well, and so many different entities out there are aware of the data. They understand diabetes, health conditions. They understand this trend toward eating healthy. They understand that people are gaining more knowledge about nutrition and they have an awareness of health. So making sure that they present those options, I think it's going to be a good brand building activity for those different properties that invest in it. And speaking of investment, Sean, is really cool. I think our audience would find this fascinating. You actually are funding the company and offering investment opportunities to pr pretty much anybody. How does this work? Yeah, so it's called equity crowdfunding um, and anybody can invest directly in the company. Um, they can learn about, uh, about our mission and about the investment opportunity at invest.nightfood.com. We're already publicly traded. Um, so people can just, you know, if they have an E-Trade account or TD Ameritrade, they can just go and buy and sell shares of our stock. But the the opportunity to invest directly uh, comes with not just shares, but also warrants, which allow you to purchase um, equity uh, in the future at a fixed price. So it's a really interesting opportunity. We're super excited about the category that we're creating. Look, it's not just me. So I mentioned that I'm more excited now than ever. When I started this, there wasn't much information, but I'll tell you, in the last couple of years, companies like Nestle, Unilever, Pepsi, they've got executives uh, coming out and saying uh, how important, you know, people think people are starting to think about wanting to make healthier choices specifically before bed. The CMO of Pepsi and, and CMO of Pepsi in this instance is not the chief marketing officer, but the chief medical officer. And Pepsi is the, I think, second largest food and beverage company in the world said, look, we know that if we're going to be in functional nutrition, we need to be focused on sleep. Unilever just launched, well, last year, a research project to look at how what we eat can influence the gut microbiome specifically for the purpose of leading to better sleep. So these are some of the largest food and beverage companies in the world. The CEO of Kellogg's, CEO of Mondelez, talking about knowing what people are eating at night and how they tend to make more indulgent and less healthy choices at night. These are the largest food and beverage companies in the world. We are attacking this, this nighttime snack category. There's over a billion dollars a week being spent. And once we prove that people care, and we can help make people care by, by providing the education that you guys are talking about, these big companies will have no choice but to figure out how do they want to address this problem, uh, this nighttime snacking problem, and, and what are they going to do for the consumer? So we think we're in a really great strategic position. Um, people can learn about all this and decide if they want to make an investment, but we think we're pioneering a billion-dollar category here. 
Hey, Sean, have you done anything around quantitative sets, right? So any kind of research, like just a thought, like if you're going to like say, hey, if you have a pint of ice cream and then you have a pint of ours, this is the difference. I've seen some of these things on TikTok and other social media where they're yep. taking glucose levels real time. Like some of that yeah. might be interesting. Have you done any of that to quanti quantify it? We did, we did a study a couple of years ago. It was, it was more, it was partly qualitative. We also did collect Fitbit data. Um, the data, the qualitative data, the, the self-reporting information, which really is the gold standard in terms of sleep, typically more so than, uh, than what the gadgets report back, was very, very positive. Um, consumers indicated they uh, slept better. They woke up more refreshed. Uh, for instance, when having night food compared to a couple of the other major ice cream brands. Um, the, uh, the quantitative data was much more mixed, as you guys know. Um, and, and in fact, one of our advisors, Dr. Michael Grandner, who uh, helped us with the study, uh, he's an expert in the gadget space and he's, he's opined quite a bit about it, uh, that sometimes they can do more harm than good. So the, the quantitative metrics were a little bit mixed. It was hard to see a clear story there, but the self-reporting data, which again is the gold standard, uh, the feedback was very positive on uh, having night food compared to having a pint of, you know, traditional full fat, full sugar ice cream, which, you know, typically there's going to be three to four times the fat, uh, the calories, three to four times the sugar, uh, literally 10 times more fat um, in those, uh, you know, in a serving of Ben and Jerry's or Haagen-Dazs compared to uh, a serving of night food. Well, Sean, we are so thankful that you're pioneering this category because I think that at any touch point, when we can introduce the conversation about sleep, you're introducing a conversation about health. And yeah. when people think about the decisions they make throughout the day, even if they make small decisions during nighttime snacking that are better for them, that could lead to better sleep, that could lead to better decisions during the day and overall a healthier person, a healthier society. So. I know that's thinking big, but I think we should. I think we should think big. And I, exactly I love where you're going with this company. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's really it's really fascinating to see all of this unfold, especially since sleep science is is fairly nascent. And you know, we're trying to connect these dots to this broader sleep economy. And uh, we appreciate you being on the show. Did we miss anything that you wanna leave our audience with? Did we not ask you anything? I mean, we we've touched on everything, you know, I can, I can go on for hours. So I don't want to, um, I don't want to do that. I mean, we can always delve deeper. I know we'll probably be talking more. So um, I think we touched on really all the important stuff. And, and, and the main thing to point out though, is that, you know, you just talked about sleep hygiene. People may or may not think of it this way, but, you know, you could do the same exact thing 10 days in a row in terms of, you know, the amount of exercise you get, the sunlight you get, uh, the screen time you have, what you eat uh, throughout the day for breakfast, lunch, dinner, before bed, your sleep is going to be up and down. Um, I think that, you know, we want to let people know not to try to micromanage the output of sleep, but to maybe micromanage or at least manage the inputs that we can provide that better mattress, the clean bedding, uh, the cool and dark sleep environment. Take care of those things. The sleep will take care of itself, hopefully, and the sleep will take care of you. And if you're going to try any flavor, I tried all five that, that I received. Sorry, Quinn. I promise I'm going to get them to you. Don't eat mine. I, I'm always, I always got to go to vanilla as my standard bearer, and I really enjoyed it. It had a nice creamy texture to it. 
And I've been on a, a very low sugar um, journey here for the past couple of weeks just to reduce the amount of sugar intake I had. And so I was very appreciative of how low sugar it was. But I have to say, my favorite was the bed and breakfast. It was a home run. Yeah, that's, wow. that's maple ice cream. It's maple ice cream with waffle chunks. And uh, it just blows people away. It's I a winner. Wait. That's good stuff. I, uh, you get, Kinsley, don't be eating all of it. I got to have someone when I get back to Arkansas. Sean, you're, you're awesome for being here, man. Really, we're really grateful to you. And I'm with Kinsley, man. I think guys like you doing new things like this, that fires us up. Uh, there's clearly an unmet need, and we are so glad that we get to be part of your story and kind of telling it here to this audience who's going to love it as well. Uh, and if you're listening, hey, you're on a treadmill, you're out running around, whatever it is, we're grateful to you uh, for tuning into the show. You guys make it what it is, and because of that, uh, you're a big part of the fam, and we're glad. So go out, give uh, Mr. Kinsley and his hair a five-star review, please, and uh, wherever you follow us on iTunes or uh, any of those other um, places. God, what else is there? Oh, Spotify, that's a place, wherever you listen to us. But anyway, Kinsley, anything else from you? Sean, thanks so much for being here. And uh, invest.nightfood.com and then nightfood.com to find the goods. And then, of course, there's a store locator on there if you want to find it in your local area. And be on the lookout for night food during your next stay at America's Fine Hotels. Thank you, guys. What is a hybrid? It's like peanut butter jelly, peanut butter chocolate. Hybrid so tight, there's no way that you could topple it. Hybrid on my wrist, that's a calculator watch. We add ourselves together and we take it up a notch. Got the airflow, yo, keep you cool as that get. Visco foam alone to make you drip sweat. Get a hybrid mattress, yes, you'll get better rest. Cool and comfortable, hybrid like a sweater vest. You know the game, we're ahead of the sun. Cause the two of us together are way better than one. Cause I'm cool. And I'm hot like a heater. Bounce by the ounce. Now we got it by the leader. Well, you take a spring and you wrap it up right. You can sleep so smooth or bounce all night. Put two together, get a whole lot more. Get the feel of the comfort core. You can bounce on it. Lay back, you don't have to practice. The best thing to happen to your mattress. Get together to do it like I did. Everybody get high. Somebody to get in your vicinity You probably want to feel a little bit of a hybridity Foam alone Out of five, maybe one star Springs and foam, we're taking care of that lumbar Mad back support The best way to shack up or just get rest That won't mess your back up Like a hot chick mixed with a particle physicist Or a mullet party in the back of the business Best of both worlds like Mars and Venus The ultimate hybrid Nothing short of cheap Keeping it loose while keeping it tight We can make you sleep or play all night Put two together, get a whole lot more Get the feel of a comfort core You can bounce on it No stopping when the beat gets played back Springs keep it popping, foam keeps it laid back Party over here, get invited Everybody get hybrid Kitchen is charming when your bedroom's the most important part of the apartment. What kind of bed do you keep back there? Does your girl want to chill on a beanbag chair? Hell no. You need springs and foam. 
Cause if that bowling ball don't bounce, you'll be sleeping alone. And if the bed don't react, then you can't get low. We got the type of bounce that won't spill your Merlot. So stick with us and you'll get rewarded. Cause I'm so gentle and I'm so supportive. And we just killed a song about mattresses.